this is taken from the most popular sermon uh, done by Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And if you look at Matthew chapter 5, it talks about uh, the way that we have characterized this, this uh, series is inside out, upside down, never ending. Can you say that with me? Inside out, upside down, never ending kingdom. So chapter 5 is all about inside out. It's about our character and what's inside is more important than what's outside. Upside down is all about heaven being more important than earth and then never ending, living for eternity and the eternal more than the temporal. So we did chapter 5 and one week of chapter 6. I'm going to be jumping into chapter 6 about heaven being more important than earth. It's an upside down kingdom. And when Jesus came, he came into the context of the Roman Empire, the greatest power that that since that time till today, the world has ever seen the most centralized form of government, uh, education, religion, everything wrapped up in one uh, controlled kingdom by one person. And Jesus came into that, that cu- uh, culture and that context, and he came saying that he was the son of God and that there was a kingdom that was much greater than the, the empire of Rome. And so this sermon that he gave, the Sermon on the Mount, he was describing this kingdom that was never-ending, and that would, that would be the kingdom that he represented. And so uh, today we're talking about the upside-down aspect of the kingdom of God, that heaven is more important than this earth. Um, let's read this scripture together at the count of three. This is Matthew 6, 33 through 34. Uh, at the count of three, one, two, three. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Matthew 6, 33 and 34. Let's let's pray. Your word, Lord, we thank you for making us ambassadors of a kingdom that's not of this world. You said that if we seek first this kingdom, then everything else will be added. And God, in in a season where so many things are being shaken, from our economy being shaken to to the nations uh, pushing back and forth against each other, uh, there's so many different things in our society that people base their lives on that that are shakable and that are are able to fail. But God, you have given us uh, the opportunity to be a part of a kingdom, your kingdom that can never be shaken. And Lord, we pray that you would reveal your word to us And help us to be representatives of this kingdom. Help us to firmly plant our feet on a solid rock that cannot be shaken, which is you and our faith in you. We pray that you speak to us through your word this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So I'm going to be talking about three principles this morning of an unshakable kingdom, the aspect of upside down or heaven before earth. Number one is live for heaven first. Jesus said, that everything that we do shouldn't be to please men, but it should be to please the Father. So live for heaven first. The second thing that Jesus said in in Matthew chapter 6 is not to store up our treasure on this earth, but to store up treasure in heaven first. And then the third thing that he, he said is to seek the kingdom of heaven first, not the things on earth. And so we're going to be jumping into all of these things uh, this morning. The first point, live for heaven first. Uh, act, pray, and fast in secret, and God will reward you openly. The first thing that Jesus talks about is our motives in what we do, that everything that we do should be based on 
God's opinion of us and God's perspective of us and not to please the people that are around us. Uh, so he talks about acting, he talks about praying, and he talks about fasting. Uh, we were reading through the scripture as a family, and when Ace, my youngest son, Asa, he, he always comes up with these weird things when we read scripture. But when he read it and he's, he's reading about praying and fasting, when you pray, don't pray on the street corners to be known by men. And he was like, who does that? Who prays on street corners? And, and then I, the, the first thing that came to mind is this guy in Wailuku right by TJ Gomes. And he like does these dances on the street corner and waves to everybody and swings his stick and stuff. And, and shakas to everybody going by. And I thought, nobody does that anymore. Nobody stands on street corners to be known by men unless you're a little crazy. Um, nobody, and it says, don't, when, you fa- when you fast, don't appear to be, you know, sorrowful so that people know that you're, nobody does that anymore, right? Because people think you're crazy if you say, oh, I'm fasting. So our culture has completely changed, but what we, there is an aspect in our culture that wants to please people. And what is the one thing that our culture has that shows that we are obsessed with the perspective of other people? Social media, right? Instagram, Zoom, all of these things. Like Zoom is very interesting because it has these filters on it. How many appreciate the filters on Zoom? Some of you know when you video conference with other people, I, I found that there's this, uh, this mode that takes five years off of your face. It's like this, this filter that you press the button and all of your age spots and wrinkles just like disappear. And you look five years younger. And, and I, I, I toggle on and off that feature and I'm like, old, younger, old, younger. And then I always go with younger because I'm obsessed with the way that people see me. Every Instagram post, like, you can see how people, like, turn the perfect way, to, like, the angle, the right angle of their face. I, I was, I was, when my daughter first got onto Instagram, I was very impressed because the angle of her face is the same in every single picture. No matter where she is, what restaurant she is, what friend she's with, it's the very same angle. And she looks at the camera at the same angle. Um, but we as a culture, are, are obsessed with the way that people view us. Uh, Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 3 through 4. But when, let's read this all together. One, two, three. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your chari- charitable deed may be in secret, that your Father, who sees in secret, will himself reward you openly. And in the same way, let's read the next uh, The next scripture, Matthew 6, 6, 1, 2, 3. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, uh, in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. The the theme in all of this, in in your good works, in praying, in fasting, is that, because in the previous chapter he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven, not you, right? In this one he's saying, when you do good deeds, it's all about the, the, the matter of the heart, the motive of why you do what you do. Are you doing it to be seen by men or are you doing it to be seen by your Father in heaven? Um, Pastor Steve Merle, he was sharing the story of um, 
the Salisbury Cathedral. And the Salisbury Cathedral is in New England, and it suffered water damage, and they had to go in, and you can throw a picture of that up there. Um, they had to go in, and they had to restore this cathedral. And what they found when they were restoring this cathedral is that on the top, the top part of the cathedral, um, unbeknownst to everybody that toured this cathedral for many, many years, uh, centuries, there was a room at the very top that nobody knew about. It was like this secret room that, that nobody saw. But in this room, all of the tiles were etched with intricate, um, intricate drawings. And uh, even the, the sculptures in there were, were made uh, by these masons. And they were made with such uh, skill and intricacy that, that could not be appreciated by the regular person walking in. And they started trying to restore the tiles that were damaged by this rainstorm. And what they found was when they took the tile off the wall, on the back of the tile, there was all of these beautiful, uh, beautiful etch etchings on the back of the tile that nobody would ever see. And, and what they realized was the value that these monks had and these different uh, masons as they built this cathedral to honor God was that they didn't build it to be seen by people. They actually built it so that God would see the value in what they did in this temple. And it's such a powerful statement of doing your work as unto the Lord. And, and as of today, from I, I did some research on this, only 1% of the tiles have been replaced because they're so valuable and very hard to, to replace. And when I, I was looking at that, I thought, that is so opposite of our culture today. Our culture today wants everything to be seen, and if it's not seen, then you don't need to spend time making it nice. But what they did was the total opposite. Uh, we were at Chris's, Chris McLeod's funeral uh, this past week, and one of the, uh, one of the guests that, that came on, and she, she, she was on video, and she came to the, as a surprise to, um, to the family. She tells the story of her. Uh, so her and Chris were co-workers, and she tells a story that um, someone close in the family passed away, and they were holding a funeral here in Hawaii, but her father lived in Florida. And Chris called the father in Florida and offered to pay his way to come to Hawaii to attend the funeral. And, and he gave him miles, uh, gave him... Uh, all of his miles so that he could fly his co-worker's father over for this funeral. Um, during the, the time that he passed away, she told her, her father that Chris had passed away, and he disclosed to her what Chris had done years before. And she was not even aware that Chris had paid for her father to come and, and come to that funeral. And and the first time that she heard that he paid for it was during his funeral, where the father told her, hey, that guy that just passed away, he paid for my way to come to uh, our family member's funeral in Hawaii. He didn't trumpet it. He didn't tell his coworker. He didn't tell anybody what had happened. It was as if he did it in secret to the Lord. And so I was talking to her after the funeral, and I was saying, I wonder how many other good acts he did that nobody knows about. And, and when I read this scripture, it says, uh, when you do a secret, 
that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. I, I believe that storing up treasure in heaven, there's an aspect to doing it in secret. Because the scripture says that when we do it before men and get the praises of men, that's our reward. But if we do it before God, there's a reward that we have when we go to heaven. And so I believe that Chris, when he got to heaven, there's riches that he has in heaven because when he did things here, he didn't do it to impress others. He did it as unto the Lord. And it was a challenge to me. How many things do I do that I talk to other people about? And subconsciously, that's my reward. I, I feel good about it, sharing what I've done. But I want to start having my secret stash that I'm going to have in heaven when I get up there. Stuff that nobody else knows about. And... Um, how many would want a secret stash in heaven? Diversify your, your portfolio in the eternal. Um, number two, store treasure in heaven first. Let's read the scripture together. So the first principle, live for heaven first. The second principle, store treasure in heaven first. Let's, let's read this together. One, two, three. Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up. For yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys in on a secret identity that I've had for a really long time. And I've lived a secret life. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know about my secret life this morning because... It's really hard for me to talk about successes, but I'm pretty good about talking about my failures. So I'm going to tell you about my failures. Um, so for several decades, I've loved financial markets and all kinds of stuff. Um, love to be invested in, you know, all different kinds of things, options, futures, options on futures. Uh, when COVID hit and I saw what was happening in China because uh, I, I would have different businesses, and one business I had was importing things from China. Uh, my supplier was telling me things that were happening in Wuhan and was sending me pictures of it. And then when I saw it hit Seattle, I shorted the market and made a bunch of money shorting the market, um, pretty substantial amounts. And then when the market went up, uh, the VIX spiked, and it showed that it was putting in a bottom. So I went long and uh, made a bunch of money going up. So I had this nice stash of money, and then I put it into uh, cryptocurrency, and long story short, uh, I was making like tons and tons of money, like a lot of money, and, um, and so I took myself off staff payroll and, um, you know, lived like a king and didn't look at budgets and prices of anything, and then I started feeling guilty and started teaching other people about it. Long story short. Okay, wait, so, so... During this time, when I, when I had, like, you know, unlimited amount of capital, my friend went through a bankruptcy on Oahu. And uh, he was also a pastor's kid, one of my close friends. And, and he had five years of his life was invested into this coffee shop that he was putting together in Waikiki. And then COVID hit, and all of a sudden there was zero tourists in Waikiki, and he was facing bankruptcy. Uh, five years of his life down, down the drain. 
And he said that God told him that there is a harvest that was coming and, and that, that he was going to move in a really powerful way. And uh, my friend is very prophetic. He can hear God's voice, like, amazingly well. And he said that when God told him that, it broke his heart. And he said, God, if this is what it takes for me to be a part of the harvest, then I surrender to you. And he completely surrendered to God, surrendered his business, surrendered his riches, surrendered his aspirations and dreams. And he said that when he surrendered to the Lord, that God started turning everything around. Long story short, his one coffee shop that was going into bankruptcy and he was ending in his business now has four other stores. And it's one of the fastest growing coffee franchises uh, in Hawaii with premium locations all over Oahu and one starting in Kauai. And he, his story was featured in the Inspire Conference, a, a pretty big conference for biz, Chris, Christian business people just this past week on the Big Island. Um, when he was talking to me during his bankruptcy, um, and he, t- he told me about his surrendering to the Lord, and he was just broken and crying and saying, I just want to be a part of this harvest. I was listening to him, and I, was, I said, God, I want that heart. I want a heart for, the lo- for lost people. And, and I started praying that God would give it to me because I didn't have a heart for the lost. Like, you know, I, I felt comfortable. I mean, I, I love people. I do. I love people. But, but the passion that he had when he was sharing that was something that I didn't have. And so I said, God, I want that. And... Um, and so I, I, that became a prayer of mine. You know, it wasn't like I prayed every day or God, you know, like, but it was God, I really want a passion for the loss. I know that there's going to be a harvest and I want to be a part of it. Will you change my heart? And, um, and so all of this was happening in my life. You know, I was experiencing all of this success and, you know, crazy stuff. And, um, and just a couple weeks ago, um, uh, Chris passed away where he got hit by a drunk driver and he walked out of the door from his house, said goodbye to his wife, said, said goodbye to his kids and never came back. And, and we were talking to him the night before and all of a sudden he's gone and it feels surreal that, that he's gone. Um, and I'm, 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 you know, processing all this stuff with the loss of Chris and different things that were happening. All of a sudden, the day that we're laying him to rest at his funeral, at his, at his uh, burial, I find out that there's an exploit in some of the uh, ecosystems that I'm invested in. And overnight in two days, I lose the majority of everything that I had. So. I'm processing that with the loss of Chris. And one of the things, like, I'm talking to, um, I'm talking to Catherine, his spouse, and she's, she said, you know, money doesn't mean anything to me. I would give millions of dollars to have just a little bit more time with, with my husband. And, and when she said that, I could see the pain in her heart. I could... And I saw the, the, the pain in her kids. And that no matter what, nothing could replace his life 
in theirs. There's, there's no, no person that could replace the value of that human life. And, and when I was comparing it with my financial loss and a human loss, there was a grieving that was happening in my own spirit. How many of you have lost money? It's not fun. <laughs> it's like you're losing life, you know? Like, it feels like you're losing life. And the reason, I, you know, I, I thought really hard about this, and the reason why it feels like you're losing life is because it represents time and it represents energy. And so, so because it represents time and energy, a lot of time is spent making it, a lot of energy is spent making it. But it's not life. It seems like it's life, but it's not life. And, and when I heard this spoken by Catherine, something clicked in my head where I realized that finances are not as important as life. And for many years of my life, I have been, and I think all of us do in different ways, we can prioritize making money over the relationships that are right next to us. And, and I started seeing an allurement of finance in my own life that prioritized this provision more than people. And, and God started working in my heart and changing my heart. And in the, in the whole journey, in my whole journey, I started influencing people in the realm of crypto and started gaining tons of followers. And there was, you know, tens of thousands of people that were following me. And I became, like, one of the most influential people in uh, this realm. I was ranked, like, in the top five of, of this this ecosystem. And and overnight, a lot of people got hurt. And God started speaking to me saying, you lost all this money, but every single soul that's, that you have influence over is a soul that will last for an eternity. And right now, they're broken, and they, they're looking for answers. And you would have lost all of that money anyway when you died. And now I'm giving you an opportunity to impact people for the kingdom. And I started thinking back on this experience. Am I boring you guys? No? <laughs> Keep on going. <laughs> I started looking at, you know, this season of my life. And there's two things that I, I learned. Number one is... I didn't know that I was going to lose this money or when I was going to lose this money. But when I, when I look back, I wish I had done two things differently. One, I wish I had given more away. I had given a lot away, but I wish I had given more away. If I knew I was going to lose it, I would have just given it anyway. I would have given more. And the second thing is, I would have taken it and put it somewhere where it wouldn't get exposed to an attack. Those two things. 
And I felt God tell me, you didn't know that your finances were going to, going to suffer. But you do know that your life is going to end. And that everything that you have is going to go to zero anyway. Every single one of us, our life is going to go to zero. And what this scripture says in Matthew chapter 6 is to store up treasure where thieves cannot steal and moth cannot destroy. And I read this scripture and I read it for like all of my life, but it has a different meaning now. <laughs> and, and I know my life is going to end. Everything that I have is going to go to zero. And for the first time in my life, I'm realizing that I'm a steward. I'm realizing in my heart, I'm a steward of everything that God has given me. I don't own it. I'm a steward of it. And the only thing I can take is the impact that I have in giving to others. And the second thing is putting it somewhere where it's not going to go to zero. Storing it in heaven. And how do we do that? We value others. We value people. And so I started looking at the different lives that I influence online. And I, I started seeing that every single life will last for an eternity. And if I had to lose millions of dollars to gain one soul that will last for an eternity, it's so worth it. And, and in my, I'm still processing with my loss. <laughs> I just want to let you know. It still hurts. And I, I was praying and I was like, God, why did this happen? Like, why didn't you tell me this? Why didn't you give me a heads up? Would have been nice. And, and I felt like God said, remember that prayer that you prayed? Where you asked me for a heart for people and a heart for the lost. This is the way I answered that prayer. <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, it couldn't have been an easier way. Um, but I can tangibly put, like, a value. I would do it again. For myself, I would do it again. I would give all of that money to get a heart for the harvest. And to give a heart, get a heart for the lost. And this past week, I was praying, and um, I had Auntie Robin pray for me. Thank you for praying for me. And um, I had a, a space where over 1,500 people showed up. And a lot of them were, you know, just bummed about money that they had lost. And some were com uh, contemplating suicide. And I had a person share uh, that their father killed themselves and, you know, he got a chance to minister to everyone. And then at the end, I just felt like, you know, the Holy Spirit nudging me to pray for this group. And I, I said, can I pray for everyone here? And I prayed for this online community. Most of them I don't even know. That just, but I prayed for this online community. And the day after, I was getting messages in my inbox saying, thank you so much for praying for me. One guy said, I grew up with faith, but I walked away from my faith, and I feel like God is bringing me back to him. And I don't know where God is leading me, 
and I don't know where God is leading you, there, there is a harvest, I believe. And, and there is a, a, a ripeness of souls because God is doing a shaking. It's, you know, t- today it's me. Tomorrow it might be you. Our, our economy is not in the best place. Food prices are not in the best place, you know? Like, and I feel like God wants to put our lives on, sol- on a solid foundation. If we, could, um, if we could have the worship team come up. The premium on a soul is invaluable. We, we cannot put a price tag on a human soul. And a human soul lasts forever. And one of the things I believe God is doing in our lives as his people is giving us a heart for the lost. Seeing that there is a shaking that is happening. And he's put you, he's put me on this planet to be ambassadors of a kingdom that will never, never end. And, and people are a part of that. And he, he's, he's asking you, he's asking me, will we be his hands and feet to reach people for Christ? Amen. God, we just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our heart and life. And you have led us to be ambassadors of a kingdom that is not shakable. And you said in Hebrews that in the last days that you will shake everything that can be shaken so that those things that cannot be shaken will remain. And God, we see uh, peace in this world being shaken, nations rising up against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms. We see our economy being shaken by inflation and, and by all kinds of uh, things happening in our economy. We see uh, our physical health being shaken by different pandemics and different things that are happening across the world. And God, you have placed us in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It cannot be shaken by governments. It cannot be shaken by war. It cannot be shaken by economies. Your kingdom is a kingdom that will continue to grow and advance and will know no end. And you've made us ambassadors of that. Help us, God, to shift our weight from the things that can be shaken to the things that cannot be shaken. Give us a heart for the harvest, a heart for the lost, and help us to hear your voice in everything that, that you say to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Can we all stand? We're going to close. By saying, God, you've called us to be stewards of everything that you've given to us, our time, our talent, our treasure. Everything that we have will one day go to zero. And God, while we live this life, while we have breath, God, you've called us to impact people for your kingdom. And God, we just pray that you give us a heart for the lost. Give us a heart for the harvest. Lord, that there isn't any price that we wouldn't pay to see people come to know who you are. Lord, your heart is for the lost. So much so, you said that you love the world so much that you gave your only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God, help us to have that same heart that we would love this world in the same way that you love this world and be willing to sacrifice and to give to see people come to know who you are. If that's your heart, I just want to invite you to say this prayer. It's a dangerous prayer, but if you want a heart for the lost, I invite you to say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, give me your heart 
for the lost. Give me your heart for this harvest. Help me to love the way that you love. Help me to see the value in every life. And use me to advance your kingdom that cannot be shaken. Make me a light that cannot be shaken. Founded on you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face turn shine to you and be gracious to you. May his face lift up on you and give you his peace. Have a great week and God bless you.